says, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Why don't you reach over and pray for somebody right now? Just pray God's blessings on their life, encouragement into their situations, and healing over their body. And God, we pray for family revival among us, Lord. We pray it in the name of Jesus. Oh, God, encourage your people tonight. Strengthen your people tonight, Lord. We've got our issues. We've got our situations. But you're bigger than every problem. Heal our sick families, we pray. Move in a mighty way, we pray. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Give the Lord a mighty hand clap. And everybody said, praise the Lord. Amen. You look good, sound good tonight. God bless you and thank you, singers. We appreciate all that you do. It's good to have all of our guests with us tonight. We are thankful to have you, everyone looking on live stream. We are thankful to have you. We're glad to have Sister Bryce back tonight after a long stint of sickness. We're thankful she's here. Amen. We want... Brother Vedas to know we're praying for him. I believe he was getting to go home today. I don't know if he has yet or not, but um, that's good news. He was very, very sick and still is sick, still needs uh, the Lord to touch him, continue to heal him. Amen. We want to pray for, of course, all of those involved in this terrible school shooting in Uvalde, Texas. We're praying for that, that the situation, all those poor families. You may be seated. Jonah proved that uh, Jonah proved that one disobedient, rebellious, wayward preacher running the wrong direction, think of it, can bring an entire ship of experienced mariners to the very brink of destruction and cause a fish to get seasick. But turn that same preacher loose a few days later. Turn him loose in the will of God going the right direction. And an entire wicked, sin sick, on the brink of damnation city has miraculous revival. And I just want to tell you tonight that direction matters. Direction matters. Direction is just as and I would say arguably more important than destination. If I were to go out of this building tonight and say that I'm going to go to the Grand Canyon and that's my destination and I get in my car and, and point my car east and just drive east, well, my destination in my mind might be the Grand Canyon, but some of you that are not geographically challenged are already saying, mm -mm, you're in trouble because you know if I drive east, I'm going to go the wrong direction. I will never get to the Grand Canyon. I will run into the Atlantic Ocean, and I will never get to my destination. And so direction really does matter. It's my observation, in fact, that God can he can work with and bless and lead someone who is going in the right direction. They may not have everything figured out. And now if I got in my car and started heading west, uh, and, and maybe 
maybe I, I don't have my GPS plugged in or whatever. Maybe I do. Maybe I put in my destination and, and I just kind of ignore her every once in a while and take a wrong turn. I, as long as I'm going west, if I'm, not, if I'm not too much like we men are sometimes, if I were to stop and ask for directions once in a while, I could still make my way to the Grand Canyon if I have enough you know, uh, gold and money to buy the gas and all that. If I were to stop and ask directions from point to point, as long as I'm heading west, I'll get there. I just As I get farther and farther west, i got to start pinpointing a little more, get a little more accurate, a little more detailed. But at least I'm going in the right direction, and occasionally somebody can kind of point me uh, to get me back on the right course. Are you with me? And, and that's been my observation that God can work with people as long as they're going in the right direction. But when someone is going the wrong way, the wrong direction, well... Uh, whales and pig pens and smackdowns on the road to Emmaus, those kind of things comes to mind. If someone is at least going in the right way, think about it, all it really takes is a nudge or a word or a simple correction. Hey, you're trying to get to the Grand Canyon? Well, you're going the right direction, but you're a little off course. You need to get back up here, get on this interstate up here. And thank God I was going the right direction. I remember having conversations, and I had the same conversation with several young people throughout the years when they were kind of getting a little wayward or a little rebellious or not, you know, doing what they should. And I'd draw a little, I'd ask them, and I'm not saying this ever worked, but this was the way I tried to deal with it. I'd ask them, what, look, you're 15 now, you're 14 now. Think about 10 years from now, 25 years from now. What do you want your wife, what, your wife, that's what I asked the boys, your life. <laughs> What do you want your wife to look like? <laughs> what do you want your life to look like 10 years from now, 15 years from now? And you want to, let's just think about it. You want to be in the church? Yeah. You want to be, you want to have a wife someday, a husband someday? Yes. You want your kids to be in the church? Yes. You want to be successful, have a good, yes. Well, okay, so let's just say you're here. You start, you are here. Here's your destination. You want, these are all the things you just said you want. And you got to get from here to here. And you can, you can, A, get there the, the hard way, which means you're going to go up here and down here and up here and down here. But you still got to go the right direction. Or you can go the complete opposite direction and you will never get to where you said you want to be. And so let me say this, the longer, now you can go the wrong direction, but I begin to draw on that little piece of paper. Now, this is one year, two years, three years, 15 years going the wrong direction. It takes a long time to get over where you said you wanted to be. We say, well, God can take care of that in just a moment. God forgives just like that. But, but there are things like repercussions and, and, and results. And there are things you live with those things. God forgives and God forgets. But life's not so forgetful. Life is just life. And so somebody that's going the right way, God can just nudge and correct. If they're teachable, hear, hear what I just said. If they're teachable, they can get there. But when someone is going the wrong way, it really does require a major turning point. Confrontation. Or as I said with Paul, Paul was just smacked down in the road. Uh, Jonah was swallowed up by a whale. The prodigal was 
feeding pigs in a pig pen and had nothing left, was ready to eat pig food. Job said, you know, even when I can't find him, I look over here and I look over there and I go forward and I go back and I can't find him. Even when I can't find him or sense him or even when I can't get some kind of answer as to his ways, Job said, he knows my way. I may not always understand his way, but he always understands and knows my way. What Job's really saying is uh, to a, a handful of critics who are accusing him of going the wrong way, and so he's suffering this pain and loss in his life, Job would say, oh, no, it does, you, you, don't, you don't understand the way that I take, but, and, and, and I wish I could bring God into the conversation and he could set you straight, but even on the days when you are, are wrongly accusing me and God is nowhere to be found I can rest assured that he knows he knows my way he knows I'm getting he knows I'm going west he knows I'm trying I'm trying to get there I I came to encourage somebody tonight and tell you that you know we're all just trying to get there you being here on a Wednesday night is indicative of the fact that maybe we're not all perfect. Um, if, you're, if you're perfect, you're in the wrong class. That's next week, by the way. <laughs> maybe we're all making mistakes once in a while. Maybe, you know, Paul said something interesting when he was, when he was giving his fail, farewell address to uh, Timothy in 2 Timothy. He said, for I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. Listen to this. He said, I fought a good fight. I've finished my course. I've kept the faith. It's interesting, though, that Paul did not say, he said, I kept the faith, but he didn't say, I kept the course. He said, I finished my course. Because you can get, sometimes you can get off course. But thank God you can get back on course. So the important thing tonight is not whether or not you've always kept the course, but are you back on course? And we serve a God that as long as you're, you might get off course, but stay going the right way. And if you're going the right direction, God will come along. Anybody ever had the Lord just nudge you back on the right track? Just a sermon comes along or somebody says something or you read a book or something. God just says, you know, you gotta, you're off a little bit, but you're going the right way, but you got to get back on track. I'm glad I serve a God will get me back on track. And, and Paul said, I kept, I kept the faith, but I can't say I kept the course. I got off course once in a while, but, but I finished my course. When God would give me a word, I would listen. When he would teach me, I was teachable. When the sermon came to me and fell on my doorstep, I would receive it and not reject it. And so I've been able to say that I've finished my course. Job says he knows, he knows my way. He knows even when, when I'm not where I want to be today, he knows I'm going the right way. Proverbs 13, 15. Proverbs 13, 15. It'll come on the screen or you can look at it in your Bibles. Good understanding giveth favor. But the way of transgressors is hard. The way of transgressors is difficult. Proverbs 14, 12 says, There is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but it says there, the end thereof are the ways of death. 
So the way of a sinner, the way of a transgressor, is hard. And I would tell you, we should be glad that the way of a sinner is hard. Thank God he did not pave the road to eternal damnation with ease and pleasantries. How much must our Heavenly Father hate us if it were so? If he were to just pave the way to hell, say, go at it. But the way of a transgressor is hard. The Bible says that it rains on the just and the unjust in, in this world. In other words, we will have tribulation. We all, irrespective of our spiritual status, we all will and do experience pain. We all experience hardships. We all experience woe. But hear me when I say this. There is an immeasurable difference between life's blows, life's tribulations, and life's storms. And the blows, tribulations, and storms that are God sent. They are two completely different ways. All of us, whether we're going the right way or the wrong way, we're going to get rained on. All of us, whether we're doing things Bible way or our own way, we're going to have tribulation. But there is a wind that blows that God sends. Jonah discovered it. It's a, it's a wind. Now, with the disciples, when they're on the ship, the Bible says the wind was contrary. But that wasn't the Lord sending a contrary wind. It was the Lord just letting them learn sometimes life comes against you and you have to learn to endure but when Jonah is trying to run from the word of God the instruction of God that told him to go to a city that's going to die by the way if they don't repent God won't let that city just die when he sends a preacher he wants the preacher to go and he really doesn't care if you go with fervor and excitement or you just go because you turned into fish vomit. He just wants you to go. He will take a smelly old preacher that's been in the fish belly for three days as long as he gets to his mission and preaches the word that God told him to preach. And he says, I don't care, just go preach because there's some people that will turn around if they hear a word from God. But I'm going to get you there one way or another. So that wind... From God, you don't, want to be, you don't want to be in that wind. Winds of life, hey, deal with it, pray over it, endure it, get stronger. We all have to deal with those. But you don't want to be in the wind when God is blowing against you. You don't want to be in the storm that's rocking your boat because you're going the wrong way. But if you're going the wrong way, that is exactly where you want to be. You want God to blow against you. You, you, you don't enjoy it at the time. You don't appreciate it at the time. But I'm going to tell you, when we get to heaven, we will thank God for every wind that he blew against us when we were going the wrong way. We will thank God for every bump in the road, everything that withstood us, everything that hindered us. Instead of letting us go to hell, we will thank God for every time he tried to slow us down on our way to a devil's hell. You, you won't thank him now, but you'll thank him then. Amen. So it rains on all of us. Genesis 13, 10. Abraham and Lot have gotten to a point in their relationship here in Genesis 13 where 
Think of it. They have so much uh, stuff that they can't, the land cannot sustain them. They have so much cattle. And so this area, they can no longer dwell together. Their herdsmen are fighting. There's not enough grass, all those things. And so Abram very generously, very selflessly says to his nephew Lot, we can't dwell together. We be brethren. We shouldn't be fighting. Our families are herd. We don't want to. We don't want that. So let's, we have to separate. But he generously says to Lot, you choose whichever way you want to go. You can look at the land. You take the right. I'll go to the left. You go to the left. I'll go to the right. You can choose. Lot, who should have been thankful. By the way, the only reason Lot was blessed was because he was with Abram. And rather than looking at his uncle Abram and saying, oh, no, uncle Abe, hey, 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 I know my position here. I know the only reason I'm blessed is because I'm with you. And if I weren't with you, I'd still be back at home, penniless, cattleless. But here I am, everything I've got, I owe to you. So you tell me whatever you, he doesn't do that. The Bible says in verse 10, Lot lifted, uh, he lifted up his eyes and beheld, he beheld all the, the, the plain of Jordan, that it was well watered everywhere before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, even as the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt, as thou comest unto Zoar. And Lot's eyes fell on that and Bible says in verse 11, Lot chose him all the plains, the plain of Jordan, all of it. And Lot journeyed east, and they separated themselves, the one from the other. So Abram dwelled in the land of Canaan, and Lot dwelled in the cities of the plain, and he pitched his tent toward Sodom in verse 12. But the men of Sodom, the Bible says, were wicked and sinners before the Lord exceedingly. I'm telling you that direction really does matter. And so I, let me point out a couple of things here. First of all, I want to point out to you that selfishness, and that's exactly what we see exemplified in Lot's, uh, in, in Lot's actions here. Rather than humbly saying to Abram, you choose, he says, you're going to let me choose? Well, I'm going to take the best. And I'm going to take what I think will serve me best. And he, he chooses the well-watered plains of Jordan and takes his stuff and his men and his cattle and there they go. So first of all, let me say this. Selfishness will always take you the wrong direction. It really is a heart thing. It really is an attitude thing. Selfishness never, ever prefers your brother before yourself. Selfishness never receives a word. Selfishness never says humbly to somebody, no, you go first. No, you choose first. No, you know what? I'm going to prefer you before myself. Most issues that we see in the Bible with people getting in trouble, usually it traces back to selfishness was the, was the first culprit in their life. They just started thinking about self. Secondly, let me say this, no one really starts out with Sodom and Gomorrah in mind as their destination. Lot, Lot didn't get his GPS out that day and say, you know, here, come on, honey, we're going to punch in Sodom and Gomorrah, head east in the desert. That's not what he did. He didn't, he just, he, he, he first selfishly said, I want this place over here that's very well watered for all of my stuff. And then the Bible says that he, he set his, his tent, his, uh, his abode, his house 
He put it in the direction, hear me, in the vicinity of Sodom. And it was very wicked. You're headed one of two directions. You really are. You're either headed towards righteousness or you're headed towards wickedness. You're headed towards godliness or you're headed towards wickedness. There's no, there's no neutral ground here. Jesus said, you're either, you're either for me or you're against me. You're, you're either serving the Lord or you're a servant of the devil. I know that sounds pretty simplistic, but that's Bible. Amen. You're not hanging out in the middle ground. You, you, you're heading one direction or another. You were either setting your tent towards wickedness. Some of y'all need to hear me tonight because you're, you're getting your affections on the wrong thing. You, you come to church, but you're not at church. You go to church, but you're not at church. You're around church, but you're not at church. You're looking in the wrong direction. And it's some, I, I, God help us. I know I see some young people once in a while that, I mean, I'm around. I, I'm not just at this church. I, I head around and I can see some of these young people, man, it's just like a, a dog on a leash just waiting to turn 18. They think I'm going to go out into the world. As soon as I, I'm out of this church, I'm out of this house. Just like the prodigal son. I'm going to go out and do it my way because mom doesn't know what she's talking about. Dad doesn't know anything. Pastor's an idiot and all those church people are old-fashioned and they go running out towards Sodom. Finish the story. I won't read it for you tonight, but you know what happens to Lot and his family. When they go, they don't just go towards, you never go towards, you don't, you, you never flirt with Sodom and Gomorrah. You, you don't just go towards it. You, you don't go towards it and stop. You go towards it and you keep going. There's a lure. The way we are wired, the way our nature is, our human nature really likes Sodom and Gomorrah. All the debauchery, all the sinfulness, all that stuff that really just goes against, flies in the face of this. That's why, that's why we got to gather here every once in a while and let the preacher preach to us the word of God because we've got to be pulled away from. If we don't, we just kind of drift towards. That's why we've got to stay in the word, stay grounded in the word, stay prayed up, stay prayed up, fast, kill that flesh every once in a while. Why? Because we drift towards Sodom and Gomorrah. We'll end up dead. Our families will be destroyed. This is what happened to Lot and his family. He lost his wife and read the story his family ends up in a terrible, terrible mess. It does not end well for Lot. Barely escapes with his life and his children's lives, but his wife was not so fortunate. So you be careful which direction you go. You better be careful which direction you're looking. Be careful when you start having selfish motives. You start preferring self before your brothers and sisters. Self before the church. Self before God's. You've got to seek first his kingdom. And when that stops being true, when you're no longer seeking first his kingdom, you are headed in the wrong direction. It just happens. It happens immediately. Look at it. The prodigal son, it started with selfishness. There is a way that seemeth right, but it's not right. The prodigal went the wrong way, and he lost everything. But all he had to do, think about it, all he had to do is get going. <laughs> Thank God for this. Is to get going in the right direction. He went and 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 he went. I should write a kid's song about the prodigal son. He, he wasted all his stuff. And uh, he ends up in a pig pen feeding pigs. And then he says, wait a minute. This isn't right. 
And he decides, he makes a decision. He says, yeah, I'm going to get up from here, and I'm going to go back the right way. I'm going back to my father. He starts thinking. Comes to himself, the Bible says, and he thinks about it. Wait a minute. The servants at my dad's house are eating better than I. I they live better than I. I'm here, here I am, almost naked. I'm starving. I have no shoes on my feet. I'm dirty. I smell bad. And so he gets up. And listen, this is a great part of the story. All he had to do is get going in the right direction. He didn't even get all the way home. And, and this is what's great about the Lord. He's just waiting for you. When you get going the right direction, he runs and joins himself to you. You don't even have to get to the destination. He just shows up. Falls on your neck. Welcomes you back. Says, come on, boy. You and me. Come on, girl. You and me. We're gonna, I know you went the wrong direction, but now you're going the right direction, and I'm here to help you along the way. You ought to thank God. He doesn't make you come crawling back. He escorts you back. Amen. I think the Bible says something about if you'll draw nigh to him, that he'll draw nigh to you. He's not, you don't have to chase God. I hear people talk about chasing God. You don't, I understand the sentiment there, but you really aren't chasing God. The minute you go towards him, he turns around and says, here I am. Don't play hide and seek with us. Take a step towards him and he takes a step towards you and your steps are that big and his steps are foul. So thank God. Second Timothy, I reread that for you. But I like the fact that Paul reminds us that even though we get off course, we can get back on course. And when we get back on course, he joins himself to us. So, so in a world with so many distractions and misleading road signs, and they sure they do abound. Erroneous directions from a myriad of voices, really. Your pastor tonight wants to give you a word of wisdom. And I'll close with this, these remarks here. So there you go. There's my announcement of closing. Start the clock. Some of you got me at 30 minutes. Somebody said, yeah, 30 minutes after he says he's going to close. I'm not that bad. Psalm 37. Turn there with me quickly. Here's, here's what I want to give you tonight. Order your way. Order your way. If you live your life just haphazardly, we just get up every day, see, see what life brings us. Life will pull you in the wrong direction. So you've got to, you've got to get up and order. Now, what I'm really going to tell you is you've got to, you've got to order your way, but you have to do that by ordering your day. Because you don't get to the Grand Canyon by just getting out here and driving west. You have to keep driving west. And I think it's a long enough drive. You'll probably spend the night somewhere and you've got to get up tomorrow and drive west some more. Amen. You've got to stick with it. If you're in the old days before cars, when go, go west, young man was the theme. You're talking about a trek. And so you had to stick with it. It was a day you get up in the morning, you had to know. So you think about it. In old days, covered wagons going out west. My wife likes to read some of those stories, those books of those days. But it was not everybody made it. Not everybody that started made it. Some, some got started a few days in and said, I'm going back. Some died along the way. 
but you had to order your day. You had to think about provisions. You had to think about clothing. You had to think about wagon wheels. You had to think about the horses and them getting fed. And you had to, hopefully you had somebody that knew the way where water was. Right? You had to order your day in order, and, and to be able to order your way, you had to order your day to order your way. I know I'm being repetitive. I want it to stick in your mind. When you get up tomorrow, if you're not already this way, if, if you're one of these people, now I'm, I'm really, I'm reaching for some of you. You're these people that hit snooze five times tomorrow. Anybody want to say amen? Okay, I'm talking to you. And especially if you've got kids and they're snoozing with you and then after five times you say, <gasps> and your day starts off with, get up! <laughs> talking to you. Throwing bread at them. That's your breakfast. Grab a Pop-Tart. We're out of Pop-Tart. Grab anything. Just go. Get in the car. I'm talking to you. The van door's still open. They're hanging on the side. You're peeling out of the parking lot. Talking to you. This little kid's going to grow up with all these nerve issues and Anxiety issues. You're going to have them up and pray for them. They have well, I would too if I was going to school like this on the side of the van, eating a Pop Tart. It's chaos. No order. No order. No organization. And I guarantee you, if you start your day off that way, that's probably the way you live most of your life. You squeeze things in. You fit things in. All yelling the whole way. You're, you're frustrated. You're nervous. You're upset. You, and maybe you cram some prayer in there. And maybe you don't. You didn't get to it today. You'll get to it tomorrow. Maybe you will. Maybe you won't. But you certainly don't get up. Here's what I'm going to tell you. And I know some of you are going to say, that's crazy. But you go home, pray about it, and see if I'm not sane and you're crazy. Okay? If you, first of all, you don't even have to set your alarm earlier. Just get up on the first time it goes off. And rather than the first thing you say is, get up, is, Lord, thank you. I just want to thank you for waking me up to another day. Lord, before I wake those little angels up in there, I just want to thank you for those little angels in there. It's a complete, now listen, I know, I'm talking, some of you got kids, I know, kids, 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 and, and I, you're, that's easy for you, Pastor, you're an empty nest, I know, I paid my dues to be able to preach this sermon, I've, I've been there, okay, I know, no, I don't get up, and I don't, if I said, get up, I'd get slapped, <laughs> there's only one person in my house, and she's going to slap me if I do that to her. I'm kidding. She's not violent. She's not. I know. I'm not in the same boat some of y'all are in. I do. I get My mornings are pretty pleasant. I get up. Oh, I hear the birds singing. Oh, the birds sound so sweet. Uh, do I want to hit snooze again? Nah, I'll, get, I'll get up. Jerry's hating on me right now. I, I feel it coming right here go downstairs and put my coffee on and sit in my recliner and talk to Jesus for half an hour, just me and the Lord. That's the way I start my day. But here's the thing. 
I haven't always been an empty nester. I've raised kids, three of them. So you have to order your day. You have to order your day. That might mean you've got to get up earlier. Because God comes first. Otherwise, see, I'm just telling, I'm, t I'm trying to keep us from drifting. We drift, we go the wrong direction so subtly. And then, and this, this is the way some of us live our lives. We drift, we drift, we drift. We come on Wednesday night, hopefully pastor pulls us back. Gotta, gotta work, give us a word to pull us back and, and get you back on course. And, and then Thursday you get up, get up, Pop-Tarts, man, you drift. Didn't have time to pray today. Didn't have time to read my Bible today. We're not very spiritual today. And then Friday and then Saturday and then Sunday morning. Get us back on track, Pastor. You got two shots today. That's not my job. <laughs> That's not my role in your life. I'm not throwing Pop-Tarts at you on Sundays and Wednesdays. So you can't keep up. I'm going to help you out here. I'm going to tell you, you need to order your day by ordering your way. You need to order your way by ordering your day. So you get up a little earlier. You set that alarm earlier. And then when you go in there and you wake up, after you talk to Jesus, you can go in there and say, honey, time to get up. Time to get up. Ask my kids. This is the way I woke up. They didn't want mom to wake up. They wanted me to wake them up. Right? That's right. I sing little songs to them and just nudge them. Bacon and eggs in bed. Not that much. Not that bad. But Sandy just flipped the lights on. Roll out. Time. What do they play in the army? Reveille. <laughs> Front and center. So here, let me give you some wisdom. I am closing. Thirty-seven song. Watch. Fret not thyself because of evildoers, neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity. Some of you need to stop that. You need to stop worrying about everybody getting by with stuff that you think are sinners, have done wrong. You fret yourself over that. Stop worrying about that. Let God sort it out and live your life and order your life. For they shall soon be cut down like the grass. Who cares? That's in God's time and His business. You trust in the Lord. You. Do good. So shalt thou dwell in the land, and verily thou shalt be fed. Here we go. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. I've always had a hard time and still do have a hard time believing that that means God's just going to say, Oh, you're delighting yourself in me? Then I'll give you every whim and wish that you have. That's not what that means. Because I don't believe God who in the same Bible says our hearts are deceitful and wicked and will mislead us is going to say, I'm going to give you everything your heart wants. What he's saying there is when we delight ourselves in the Lord, put him first. He will give us, change, form in us proper desires. I believe that. I believe the more I delight myself in the Lord, the more my heart desires change to be like his so if you delight yourself in the Lord he's going to give you the desires of your heart and if you commit your way unto the Lord so I this is the way I pray every morning with my coffee at my recliner peaceful house 
And look at all you parents right now. You're hating on me. You'll get there someday. And you'll be, you'll be sitting there saying, I, I miss my kids. I wish I could go in there and wake my children up. I wish I could one more time throw a Pop-Tart at their head and say, get up. You'll miss those days. Nobody's telling you, but these are the best days of your life. But I pray this way every morning. I say, God, listen, I'm committing my way to you again. I don't know where all I'll be today. I don't know what calls I might get. I don't know what hospitals I might have to go to. I don't know. I don't know what phone calls will come. But I do know this. You already know it. And so I'm going to just ask you to help me to walk in your spirit. Walk in your word. And walk in your way. And walk in your anointing. If you got a pencil or a note-taking device, you ought to write that down. I would. Or go back and listen to this sermon at about minute 42. (laughs) This is a good prayer. Lord, lead me today in your way. Direct me. Direct me. Everybody everybody else say, direct me. God, direct me today. This is how you order your day. Not when you're, not not, not lunchtime. I'm not, and I'm not saying your main prayer time has to be lunch or, or morning. I don't mean Mine is not. Mine is the evening. But I spend my first contact, I try to make it the Lord. My wife really appreciates it when I do that. Whereas she's not the, where I've already talked to the Lord. I'm more pleasant. I, trust me, you would rather me do that than to already just go to the Lord and God direct me. I don't know what conversations I'm going to have today. But direct me. Direct me. Direct me. And so let me walk in your word. Let me walk in your spirit. Let me walk in your anointing. Let me walk in your power. Let me walk in your way. He says if you'll uh, commit your way to the Lord, trust in him, he'll bring it to pass. I love that. He'll bring it to pass. You just commit your way to the Lord. Go the right way. And sometimes I think we, we, we get so discouraged if we miss a, a beat or we miss a, a turn. You know, we have a bad day, whatever. Now, I want to tell you, um, athletes who train for the Olympics, they have bad days. They have days where they, at the end of the day, I wish I hadn't eaten. I I ate pizza today. I shouldn't have. If you're going to run, I don't know, run a race, you can't eat pizza when you're training. But I bet you some of them have eaten pizza. And they didn't, after they ate a piece of, a slice of pepperoni pizza, didn't say, well, I'll just give up. I'm not going to the Olympics. No, you eat it. You feel bad. You go get the rest of it. You throw it in the trash. And you repent. And you go get the blueberries and strawberries and the yogurt out. And you start over. You get back on course. But the devil wants to make you think because you had a bad day or you made a bad turn or you you did something wrong or you fell off somewhere else. That it's all just lost. Why even, and this, I know the conversations the devil has with you. Why even go to church? He calls you things like hypocrite, fake, putting on a facade. Devil's a liar. You know why he does that stuff? Because his course is already done. He's, he's so mad at you. Everything that he said he was going to have, go, go read it sometime. All the things that Lucifer said, I'm going to have this and I'm going to have that. I'm, he, he got kicked out of heaven and the Lord turned around and said, I'm going to give all that stuff to you, to us. So he's pretty angry at us. And he's not going to heaven. He knows he's going to hell. 
So every time you mess up, he says, "Uh uh-huh, join me. Welcome to the club. Welcome to the going to hell club and making you feel like you're part of it. You're not part of that club. You can have a bad day and get back up tomorrow and start on your way again. You can have a bad hour, a bad day, maybe a bad week. But the moment you get up and say, I'm going back to the Father, he runs, connects with you, and brings you home. Let's stand together. Shall we do that? Would you come up around the front? Let's just pray together tonight. We're not going to ask the music to come, but I would ask you to come and stand together. Because, folks, we're all trying to get there together. I saw you a while ago when I asked you to pray for one another. Some of you were just like, oh, thank God. Thank God somebody's praying with me because I just need a prayer right now. I feel it. I feel it being soaked up and absorbed. And I think we need to do this more. Thank God we're getting back to some prayer services here. If you missed this announcement, the second and fourth Tuesdays of each month are prayer service. So uh, put it on your calendar. We're starting at 7, what did we say, 7? 7 o'clock. And we're going to gather together and have some corporate prayer and pray in the same building together. Well, wow, some of you got some work to do, don't you? I saw your eyes lighting up. Wow. Can't throw Pop-Tarts at them anymore. <laughs> Can't peel out of the driveway with them hanging on the side of the van. I'm not, listen, I'm not just talking to people with kids. If I don't order my day, it gets away from me. I, I used to think, man, when I, you know, when I uh, was going from uh, bivocational to just uh, being a full-time pastor, I thought, oh, wow, man. I'm going to have all this time to be able to do this. I just, I knew what I, I was going to be laying right here on the floor, all day, on my face for eight hours a day. And, you know, and I was going to be just super pastor. I was going to, I had all, just amazing how things shift. If you don't stay on it. If you don't stay on it. We have so many thieves, time thieves right now. And, and let me warn you, when you, if you do, if you do what I'm saying, you get up earlier, you get up 15 minutes earlier, say, I'm going to spend 15 minutes with the Lord. Let me warn you, this little device will try to pop in on you. This will try to pop in on you. You've got to go look for this. This never tries to pop in on you. You've got to go pull it in. But these are some of the biggest time wasters. You just go, if you're on social media, you just go to check Facebook to see if somebody might have messaged you. And before you know it, you're 500 videos in to stupid people doing stupid stuff. Come on now. I know, I live this life too. I know what it's like. And you're like, Lord, sorry. Maybe tomorrow, Lord. (laughs) You got to watch that. Order your day so you can order your way. Amen. Lord, we thank you, Jesus, that you don't kick us out first time we make a mistake. We thank you, Lord. God, I thank you for this group of people t- tonight, Lord, that are doing their best. They're do- we're doing our best to serve you and to walk with you and to walk in your way. God, issues of life come. Try to knock us off course, but... Lord, we're not going to allow that to happen. We're going to stay on course. I pray for a fresh anointing on these people tonight, Lord. Your people, your children, a fresh anointing of order. God, that we're going to order our days. That we're going to, They're not going to order us, but we're going to order them. God, we are going to pray. We're going to talk to heaven. We're going to reach out to you. We're going to ask you to lead us and guide us, Lord, and get us back on track if we get off track. But in the name of Jesus, I come against every spiritual attack that would try to hinder your people from going in the right direction. I speak over them tonight, Lord, your blessings. God, yes, Lord, put a blessing upon them tonight. 
Encourage them tonight. Strengthen them tonight. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Just before I let you go, has anybody ever been on a trip on an interstate? All of a sudden realize you're going the wrong way. I wasn't done yet. I, I, I think there's more than one. Uh, he's like, yes, I'm more advanced than most people in the room. I wasn't, you got to let me take a breath here. Uh, go, and then you realize you're going the wrong way on the interstate. Yeah. And then you, oh, anybody ever done it for an hour? Two hours? How long, how far did you go? A long way, you don't want to say. All the way? Oh, a long way. All the way to the ocean? Wow. That's a nice thing. In the United States, you're going to hit a border or you're going to hit the ocean, you know. After a few days, you'll know you're going to go the wrong way. But that's a weird feeling. Can you imagine? People we're trying to reach, people that we're praying for, one of these days they're going to wake up. Wow, this is the wrong way. This is the wrong way. Pray for them. And then when they realize that, don't judge them. Just be there. Don't, don't, don't ever say, well, I told you, I've been trying to tell you for years you're going the wrong way. <laughs> Love them like the father loved the prodigal son and say, come on. Come on. Been praying for this. Been waiting for this. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. Amen. God bless you. We love you. Sunday morning, 10 o'clock. It's our only service Sunday. It's a fifth Sunday. So we're also going to be honoring our graduates that day. We're going to have a great service. So come out Sunday morning at 10 o'clock. God bless you. You are dismissed.